Live Freaks. It's Monday, August 7th, 2023. Coming up on the program today, Soda School is in session. Be prepared for a pop quiz. Get it? Pop quiz. Thank you. Plus, putting a positive spin on being gang stalked, finding a man taking a garbage swim in your trash can, and getting attacked by a snake and a hawk simultaneously. Distorted View Daily proudly presents a mother oversharing on her daughter's live stream. It wasn't just me and a woman. I've done threesomes, foursomes. My fantasy is to do a sevensome. Not all women either. All men. All oh, me. Yeah, you're welcome, ma'am. Yeah. I'm very open. You what? want me to tell you where the seven people will go? Oh, God. They said, yeah. I'll let you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a spot for every person. Where will the other two go? You can't figure it out, figure it out. Think. I can think of five. Think. I can't think of two more. I'm a woman, and there are seven men. Think. I, I can think of five. Where will the other two go? Think. In your ear? Think. I'm covering everything. Ew. <laughs> everything. The Distorted View Show with Tim Hansen. You know how to miss Prime is my husband, nigga. I'm gonna lose my mind today. Christian now fears his flatulence. The guy, he's in the dirty underwear or something. I don't know. He's sniffing. Tim Henson back here with you to kick off a new week of programs. Got a great one for you today, although I hate to do this to you, but regular Tim Henson is not here, at least for this first segment today. No, no, I am Timothy James Henson, pop PhD. You could just call me Dr. Pepper. Yes, longtime listeners of the show know, for whatever reason, probably a birth defect, I follow the soda industry very closely. I collect soda cans. I try all the new flavors. My uh, specialty in the field is uh, discontinued and or failed sodas of the 1990s. But today I come to you with more thoughts on commercials and jingles from the best decade of human civilization, the 1990s. Another fucking obsession of mine, right? Yes, these are topics that continually pop up here on DV, and for that, I apologize, but, you know, I'm a true scholar when it comes to these things. Check my credentials, but don't really check my credentials. If you do enough digging, you'll find that I am not, in fact, a doctor. I don't have my PhD, and the only thing I do have is a few restraining orders on me from Coca-Cola executives for stocking them, following them home, and keeping them from seeing their family members. Now, I don't consider that keeping someone hostage. It was less than 24 hours, but, you know, the courts disagree. I just wanted some answers. Why did they discontinue Surge? Why won't they bring back Fruitopia? And why won't they at least try an oatmeal-based carbonated beverage? Not everyone thinks lumps in their drinks are disgusting. There's plenty of us out there that like the texture and mouthfeel. They never try anything anymore. Fools, all of them. 
But I digress. You know, whether it be Mentos or Sears or Nestle's Alpine White, there is no bigger asset to a brand than a bitchin' song that goes along with it that'll, you know, get stuck in your head. That's how you sell stuff. You get inside consumers' heads. No product category has relied on this idea more successfully than, of course, my favorite obsession, soda. The last great decade that produced a memorable cola advertising song, though, was back in the 2000s early 2000s at that it was pepsi and my girl britney spears you remember this right the right they of course didn't just have britney sing it they had aretha franklin do a version Diabetes, teeth rotting out. There's so much to be joyful about. When you think about it, they don't even really tell you what the joy of cola is. Like, there's not a lot of lyrics. It's ba 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 ba. <laughs> the joy of cola. Although, I will tell you this I found out that that joy of Pepsi song, even though it was used like way back in like the, the 2000s, you know, like 2003 or something, I think that's when Britney did that song, or 2001 or something. Uh, as of 2015, Pepsi is still using it. That's how much stagnation there is in the soda pop music commercial game. They're, you know, they're just still using the same crap. Come on, come up with some new material here. I've got the 2015 commercial. And what's interesting about this one, there's a voice some of you will recognize uh, at the top here. All right, everybody, if this doesn't get your toes tapping, then check your pulse. That's Ted Williams, the, the homeless radio voice guy. Golden voice, Ted Williams. He was last doing Kraft macaroni and cheese ads. And prior to that, he was doing crack under a bridge in Columbus, Ohio. Ta-da! Anyway, they kind of did Ted Williams dirty here. In the ad, uh, there's a radio DJ who is black but very young, and they just dubbed Ted Williams' voice over his. Because you might be dead. Coming to you in Living Cola. Still using that ba-ba-ba-ba shit. The joy of cola. Just enjoy the ride. Take your time. This is Tori Kelly, if you're wondering. I don't know if she's a popular musician or not. Again, I stopped following music shortly after Matchbox 20 and Vertical Horizon hit the scene. It's all a little fuzzy after that. Anyway, believe it or not, I am not here to talk about Pepsi's ad campaigns, despite spending the last fucking 30 minutes on it. This has all been an introduction, a warm-up, if you will, for the real topic at hand. Settle in, it's going to be a five-hour show today. No, uh, while Pepsi seems to have the last great commercial music for soda, it was otherwise dominated by Coca-Cola in the 90s, 80s, 70s. It all started with that dopey-ass hippy-dippy, I like to buy a world of Coke and live in harmony. Again, nothing really about Coca-Cola, aside from the fact it has the power to heal the world of all of its problems. Kind of a powerful message. Utter bullshit if you think about it more than two seconds, but okay. You mean to tell me the entire world could be living in harmony if we just bought a murderous dictator a $1.50 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola? That's all it took? We were kind of overthinking things. 
Anyway, the, the real reason why I'm bringing this all up is to feature a couple songs from Coca-Cola's past that go pretty fucking hard. There's nothing more I love or get a kick out of than song advertising for the stupidest of products, but the effort that the musicians are putting into these things, like you can feel the passion. It's way more than the commercial deserves. It's almost sad, you know? They're all looking for their big break. The writers, the band, the singer, they all want to win a Grammy at some point and sell out large concert halls and shit, but they're stuck doing ads for Coca-Cola. They ain't getting paid shit, but man, they are giving it their all. Here's what I mean. If you're old enough like me, you will remember this very iconic song from the 1990s. This was all over the place. They say, oh, well, Tim, that sounds okay. It's just a commercial song. Nothing that out of the ordinary there. Well, you haven't heard the extended version, baby. Full length, three and a half minutes. Towards the end of the song here, we get this. As long as this I just want the I just want the instrumental. I could lay down some runs, man. So, you know, again, if you lived it through the 90s, you know that song. Going back just a little bit earlier, late 80s, Coca-Cola knocked it out of the park again with an iconic song. I don't even think you had to have been alive in the 80s. You're just born with the the knowledge of this song existing. Like you'll recognize it. It's called Can't Beat the Feeling. Can't beat it. The feeling you get from Coca-Cola. Can't beat the feeling. Again, nothing about the taste. It's just all about the feeling you get when you have a Coke. I guess it's because, like, you know, everyone knows what a Coca-Cola tastes like. So why, why, why should they have to describe it? We got to sell it on the feeling. You want that feeling you get when you drink Coca-Cola. I guess, you know, advertising-wise, that makes sense. Anyway, again, you, you recognize the jingle. You can't beat the feeling. I once again tracked down the full-length version of the song, coming in at over two minutes, over two and a half minutes. And once again, goddamn, the, the musicians of these songs don't get nearly enough credit. That's what I'm here for. It's time these motherfuckers get their dues. First off, let me just uh, point out the, the vocals here. Again, they're just giving it their all. Like, calm down. It's a song about cola. But wait, there's more. Uh-oh, wait a second. What's this? 
It's, it's like they're ramping up for something big. Hold on to your tits. You're all about to lose your minds here. Let's get it! Ooh, can't beat it. Oh! Can't beat it. Super secret duet unlocked. I bet you you weren't expecting that. Can't beat the feeling. It's a splash in the heat of the day. This song couldn't get any better. We've got electric guitar solo. I just, I love the days where these companies just did not care how fucking cheesy they were. I feel like everyone's a little too uptight now and afraid to try these things. Like they don't want to be dragged on social media, like made fun of and stuff. Or featured on Distorted View Daily, you know. have to move on soon here. I do have one more example. I could do this all day. If you're getting a little antsy, fear not. Soda school will soon be dismissed. I hope you've been taking notes, though, because you're all going to be quizzed on this tomorrow. This last example, uh, I I was not familiar with this particular song. Again, it's a little earlier. We're talking like mid 80s, I think. I only found out about this because of Stranger Things. Coke was doing a tie-in. Of course, Stranger Things takes place in the 80s. They ran this fucking amazing promotion where they Coca-Cola actually uh, sold new Coke. They, they manufactured new Coke again for this Stranger Things promotion. It was a real dream come true for me because... In, uh, you know, the the history of soda, there's never been a bigger flop than when Coca-Cola changed formulas and released new Coke. I never thought I'd be able to try it because why the hell would Coca-Cola ever release this shit that was such a a huge disaster? Well, for Stranger Things, they did. And in one of the promos, they played music from a 1980s Coca-Cola commercial featuring a song called First Time. First time, first love, oh, what feeling is this? Again, not so much about Coca-Cola, but the, the feeling. Like, I want to have douche chills because, you know, the song's a little cringy now looking back. But, you know, it's so 80s. I, I love I love this. Right. Like it's building up. Let's put aside the Coca-Cola thing for a second and the fact that it's, you know, a little cheesy. This bitch has some pipes on her, does she not? I mean, come on, but okay, it's all about sharing Coke and first love and all that bullshit, right? The singer of this song was a real musician, meaning like, you know, she had music out, CDs and you know records and stuff. Her name is Robin Beck. Now, even though this song, First Time, was written for Coca-Cola, it was designed to be, you know, a Coca-Cola commercial song. She turned around and <laughs> released a full-length version taking out the Coca-Cola references. This happened like a couple years later. Here's just a little bit of that. Sure, 
sounds a lot like, you know, the Coca-Cola version minus the Coca-Cola stuff. Although this is a three minute and 30 second song and features some of that awesome 80s instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get enough of that shit. her band members required that it's like look you get to sing everyone knows you i want a few seconds to shine here or do you think the you know the instrumental breakdown here is just all filler like they recorded the song originally and she was like holy shit this, this only comes in at one minute three seconds we need to sort of pad this out with guitars or synth or something terry do that thing on guitar you do that for a minute and a half. This is like towards the end of the song, so I I think she's really going to wail here, right? Like, it's all kind of been building up to this. She did not disappoint. Yeah, she spit shine that turd. I mean, you know, it's not the best song in the world, but she does have a great voice. Uh, well, there you go. That's Robin Beck. And uh, this concludes today's session of Soda School. Join me in a few months when we tackle international cross-branding and licensing. Oh, it's very exciting stuff. You're going to be on the edge of your seat. All right. Uh, You know, I know for many of you, the last 15 minutes or so were annoying, and maybe you just fast forwarded through the majority of what amounted to basically free advertising for Coca-Cola. But I have to say, the the thing I love most about this stupid podcast is that we feature the most disgusting, hardcore sex fetishes, you know, routinely involving shit, piss, assholes falling out not to mention reading news stories that involve the death of children or sexual abuse of the elderly yet in that same episode we can spend 20 minutes on the history of music and soda commercials (laughs) or i'll spend 15 minutes talking about how great the jingle to red lobster is kind of you know breaks up the violent sex stuff nicely (laughs) that always makes me laugh all right let's move on now Please tell me we have some violent sex stuff. No, not today. That's disappointing. What I do have is a man chilling in a trash can. Did I say chilling? I meant uh, tripping his balls off. Now, apparently this is a problem in the area because the man filming is very upset, opens up the trash can lid and begins to berate the man inside. Now, the comments on this are equally divided. Some people are saying that, look, this guy in the trash can is not bothering anyone. Leave him alone. Put the lid back on the trash can and walk away. Other people are like, well, he's a crackhead. He could be dangerous. Sure, right now he's in a trash can, but you don't want him like just hanging around. Ultimately, what uh, might sway me one way or the other would be to find out whose trash can this is. Is it the guy who's filming this video? Now I can sort of understand why he's so upset. Get out of my trash can. Uh, There's a bunch of trash cans lined up, so I don't know if this is technically his. Let's take a listen. This is the kind of shit I got to deal with every fucking day. Get the fuck out of here! Yes! Are you fucking... 
fucking crazy? Yep. Dude, the cops are literally across the street. Like what the shit. fuck? The noise you're hearing is, uh, the, I'm, I'm going to call him a drug addict. I don't know for sure, but once again, I'm going to play the odds here. Uh, the, the, uh, the drug addict in the trash can is just sort of like picking up trash and putting it over his head. I think he's trying to hide. I think he's trying to avoid confrontation. Like, if they can't see me, they'll, they'll just go away. Either that or this is how the crackhead bathes. The street. He's giving himself a bath in trash. Everything he learned about personal hygiene, he learned from Oscar the Grouch. What the fuck? I just took your fucking bike. Does it look like I give a shit? Apparently not. Because you're sitting in the goddamn garbage can. Because you're fucking in. Dude, you got a fucking cable around your neck. Why don't you fucking pull it? Wow, that's a bit rough. He's basically telling the drug addict to hang himself. And, you know, although it is annoying, there's a crackhead in your giant trash can. I mean, no one wants to be in the trash can. I'm, I'm sure if he was in his right mind, he wouldn't want this for himself. Don't you want to go focus on some else? Uh, 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 I'm not stalking somebody in the trash can. I'm trying to get you the fuck out of somewhere you don't belong, you fucking moron. You don't belong anywhere, apparently. What the fuck are you doing? I'm just my own fucking business what I'm doing. What are you doing? Yeah, you're swimming in a goddamn trash can. Yeah, you're watching. Yeah. Good point. You're almost like a pervert. Watching the trash can man. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah, and you're about yeah, to go I viral. Got, I got two tablets, bitch. Apparently, you do have two tablets. You, you know, I've taken acid too, and it never did that to me. Wow. Hmm? Like, you must be weak. I must be weak. Yeah, yeah I'm weak. Yeah, come on. Oh. Yeah, let's go. Oh. Let's go, bro. What's up? Let's fucking go. You don't even know how to get out of the goddamn trash can. You want to fight? He's trying to get out of the trash can. You got a fucking power cable around your neck. You want to fight? You really want to do this, bitch? You want to get trash whooped? You're not going you to do get it. You're not going to do it. I got a knife and a gun. What do you want, bitch? What the fuck do you want, bitch? Yeah, you're in a fucking garbage can. You're a big man. You're a fucking big... I ain't scared of you shit. All right. We're going to do this, huh? Don't make me put this bitch on pause. Don't make me put this bitch on pause. Once again, good point by the drug addict. The more this guy climbs out of the trash can, the further the cameraman retreats. I thought this was just a ploy by the cameraman to actually get this guy out of the trash can. Like, antagonize him so much that he finally does get out. Turns out this guy just is a giant asshole. Now, in one last act of assholery, Cracky has pretty much climbed out of the trash can. He's got one foot on the rim, and he's about to, like, lift himself completely over. And that's when the cameraman decides to just push the... <laughs> Push the can completely over. Why you backing up, bitch? Because I don't want to hurt you. Why you backing up? Huh? Shut the. F there he goes. Timber. Fuck you. Fucking moron. Yeah, fuck off. All right, we're going on pause. That's where the video ends when he says we're going on pause because you know, the drug addict is starting to chase him. I think a comment from DL1943 sums it up best. I'm with trash can guy, to be honest. He just wants to chill in his can. And he seems to have been minding his own business, just tripping out in the garbage. He doesn't care about cops. He doesn't care about his material possessions. And he goes where he wants to go, which is mega based. Cameraman, on the other hand, sounds like an aggro whiner. Agreed. All right, uh, next up here, we've talked about gang stalking on the podcast a few times, mainly in reference to Utards who think 
they're being watched and targeted. If you don't know, gang stalking is really just the belief that you're being stalked by a, uh, a large number of people, like organizations. A lot of times they'll refer to themselves as a targeted individual. Most of the time, nine times out of ten, they are schizophrenics or whatever we're calling those people now. Neurodivergence. <laughs> they're delusional. They're, these are delusional people. In addition to thinking, you know, they're, they're being stalked by the FBI, CIA, or school board. Sometimes they're also stalked by inanimate objects. Like, remember that chick who thought the sun was following her? Because everywhere she looked, there it was. The sun. And it was never in the right spot. That's a dead giveaway. It's an imposter sun. The sun rises in the east, sets in the west. If you see uh, a sun in the, the northern area of the sky... Probably a bunch of aliens gang stalking you. All right, mountain emoji over there in the Discord provided a link to a very interesting gang stalk video. Talk about turning lemons into lemonade. Mountain sent a link to the YouTube video of Empress Ari. In addition to thinking people are stalking her, she also thinks she's royalty or something. Look, Queen Latifah is the only one that can get away with that. Barely. By the way, uh, real quick, the, the Queen Latifah thing, for some reason, that really rubs Lord Douche the wrong way. If I ever mention Queen Latifah, and for some reason I mention her a lot in our personal lives, not entirely sure why, but, you know, I'll be like, hey, Lord Douche, do you want to watch uh, The Equalizer tonight? I saw a preview for it, and Queen Latifah does a lot of running. It looks hilarious. Lord Douche will be like, bah, bah. do not call her Queen, just Latifah. I think he's a stickler for royal titles. She ain't a queen and no land. Where is her kingdom? Because it sure as fuck isn't uh, America. She doesn't rule us. Living Single was a pretty good show, but I don't think she deserved a coronation. If you ask me, Kim Coles did the heavy lifting on that sitcom. Maybe she deserves a title, Duchess of America or something. I don't know. Look, that's neither here nor there. I'm getting off topic once again. I'm here to talk about gang stalking. Oh, not me. I'm not going to talk about it. Empress. Empress Ari is going to talk about it. Now, she says, look at this. Don't get mad at gang stalkers. Be flattered <laughs> that they're paying attention to you. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Empress Ari. I hope all is well with you today. Listen, don't get mad when you have you some gang stalkers. If you are a person that has gang stalkers, that is an indication from the streets that you are popping. You are it. You are interesting and people want to see what you're doing. Think of gang stalkers like the paparazzi. You're such a fucking rock star. You're such a celebrity. These people are going to follow you around. They want to know what you have on, where you going, who you with, who you're dating, what you had to eat, what they had to eat. But instead of getting mad, you ought to put the biggest smile on your face. One day you're not going to have those people following you around, and it's going to feel awful lonely. Gang stalking doesn't last forever. Usually people get on medication and it clears itself up. Enjoy it while it lasts. I wish Empress was around for these inspirational pep talks back when uh, we featured that woman who thought uh, the entire postal service was gang stalking her. Here's this. Right, I was. I, all I did was go into the office, office of my apartment development. Right, and they refused to give me the form. I'll talk about that in a minute. This guy walked into the office when I was there, and now here he is parked out here. She's talking about a mailman. There's a mail truck parked outside delivering mail, as they do every day. 
Stop stalking me, right? Don't ever stalk me again. She's saying this to the mailman who's in his truck, not even looking at her. Are you talking to me? Yeah. About what? Don't ever stalk me again. Who's stalking me about you. what? You. <laughs> Have some more. Do it. <laughs> you're crazy. Is that right? Yes, it is. Say you to the camera that you're not stalking me. I am not stalking you. I don't even know who you are. Is that right? That's right. You want to give your name? I do not need to. You want to give me yours? You want to give me yours? I mean, dude, don't act like you don't know her name. That's usually one of the first pieces of information stalkers get on their prey. Name, address... Then you rummage through her trash and find used tampons or something? Yeah, I didn't think so. I have no idea who you are, lady. So, you know, you're dreaming. You think I'm stalking you. Good luck with that. Keep talking, why don't you? I think crazy whack job sums it up nicely. Back to Empress Latifah here. You know, I'm just glad that there's a source of positivity for gang stalkers now. So the next time you see your gang stalkers out stalking you while you're just living your life... Just go ahead and crack a smile, baby, because you made it. Then immediately start doubling whatever you're doing because it's working. This is your life and love plug. Smash that subscribe. You don't have to tell me twice, honey. This new way of thinking about gang stalking goes beyond simple positivity. These people who believe they're being targeted now think they're part of an elite group known as the Chosen Ones. This is a lot less healthy than just thinking, it, you know, it's a positive thing that people care about what you're doing. Now there's like a religious or almost supernatural aspect to all of this. You're like a walking tabloid. And every time something bad happens, they're going to run to their, to their friends and, and give them the update. Just give them the gossip. Yes, he's talking about gang stalkers here with the hashtag uh, chosen ones and gang stalking. That's what you are to people. Your life is important. You're full of life. You're full of energy. These people out here are just dead. They're stuck. It's so funny because we have featured people who think they're being gang stalked on YouTube, right? And they, these people just film their entire lives anyway. So, like, why do they need to be gang stalked? We can just tune into their YouTube videos. They're doing this to themselves. Even more damning is the shit that they post on YouTube is incredibly boring. No one would want to gang stalk them. Most of the time, it's like they walk to the bus stop, they take the bus to the library. They go to the library and use the computer. You know, they say it's for research, but they're really just, they're looking up conspiracy theories, concocting weird ideas that involve numerology. The letter G is seven. It's the seventh month. There's 30 days in the month. Seven times 30 is 210. Then we take the angel number 164 because 164 resonates with new beginnings, strong ambition, positivity, positivity and independence. But we're going to subtract that. We're going to take that away from 210, which is going to be the opposite of new beginnings. We're talking about death, endings, negativity. 210 minus 164 is 46. Joe Biden, 46th president of the United States. He is going to bring upon death and destruction to the land. That's what they're doing at the library. They're boring. They're dull. There's nothing entertaining about people's lives. So they're going to watch you. And you're out here like, my life isn't even entertaining. I think my life's boring. I just want to get closer to God. I just want to elevate. I just want to have healthy relationships with people that actually care. My life is not exciting. And that's the way that you see it. The power of your presence makes people think that your life is extravagant and exciting. So they want to know what happens in your inner workings that is propelling such a powerful presence. Yeah, that's why the mailman is following you. 
Seems like every day he shows up around the same time. He's all up in your business. He flattered. Uh, real quick, before we get into the news, I've got one more short clip, courtesy of Black Prophet Legacy in the Discord. Speaking of mentally ill people, uh, previously on DB, we have featured plenty of individuals who think they can communicate with aliens, and they tend to speak in what they call light language. Well, now light language has been TikTokified. What do I mean by that? Well, now you can watch short videos of people doing arts and crafts, painting, using markers, crafting little cards and stuff. And the whole time they're speaking in light language. So this person is making a card and looks like using one of those like wax seal things. Little design in wax there. And this isn't just a one-off video. It's like a whole series. Although they all kind of sound the same. Uh, let me find another one here. Here's a third video. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a helicopter. See, freaks, what I'm trying to get out here is there are so many shades of mental illness. Oh, there, it's a whole cornucopia, a whole spectrum of nuttiness. Here, this is kind of interesting. She does a video. Um, again, she makes light. Uh, what is it called? Light language speak. But while she does it, she writes in extraterrestrial calligraphy. And, it, you know, it, it does sort of look like an alien language. Like symbols and glyphs and stuff. She's like scribbling in a notebook, and it, you know, it, it seems. Jesus Christ. Okay, it seems like she knows what she's doing, what what she's writing. This woman's name is uh, Zaya or Zia, and uh, her she's got a YouTube channel called Zia Light Language. I am totally gonna subscribe. So, in addition to you know her arts and crafts, uh, she does more traditional light language videos. Including this. It's interesting because people who do light language, they never speak the same way. It's like a completely different language, you know, every time. This sounds like Bjork describing what she had for breakfast. I had two eggs and it looked like a city, a city, a city, and looked like a two eggs, a city, and a little bacon, bacon, bacon. Not quite. Yeah, it's Bjork talking in light language, describing her breakfast. All right, and with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist. Enough fucked up news! All right, now. If you enjoy Distorted View Daily, support this show, become a member of The Sideshow, where every week I do brand new exclusive programs just for you. That's more DV. Sideshow Freaks get two bonus episodes every single week, typically on Tuesday and Thursday. This week is no different. That means tomorrow's episode is going to be Sideshow exclusive. 
If you want to hear it, you got to sign up, superfreaksideshow.com. You get access to a little personalized, password-protected RSS feed that works with most podcasting apps. You know, if they allow usernames and passwords and stuff like Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, they all play nice with the Sideshow feed. For an even easier way to access uh, the Sideshow content, if you happen to use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can sign up for Sideshow access right in those apps. Super easy, just a few taps. Bing, bang, boom, you're in. Uh, again, for more information, check out distortedview.com and superfreaksideshow.com. We've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. That's just another way to help support the program. You can pledge as little as a dollar over there. Every little bit helps. If you pledge $5, you get access to a special voicemail line where I will play your calls first. All right. Three very quick stories now. First up, a mentally handicapped penguin caused a multi-car pilot. I wish one of you guys had children so I could kick them in the fucking head or stomp on their testicles so you could feel my pain because that's the pain I have waking up every day. You know what Mike Tyson describing his pain means? It's time for Distorted Views. Access Entertainment Hollywood News Insider Report Extra Edition tonight. Celebrity. I'm bullshit. I'll be fine. Entertainment. Is down on the phone. Hollywood. Nah, I can't handle it anymore. Nah, I can't. Nah. Extra. You know what? I want to suck all of your tits, too. Male or female. All of my listeners, I will suckle you. All right, listen. We have got some Beyonce news. Queen Bay. You hear that, Lord Douche? Queen Bay. I mean, she practically is royalty. She certainly acts like it. You know, in the past, we learned about uh, British royalty. At least, you know, a long time ago, hundreds of years ago, they had something called the Groom of Stool, who would, like, wipe the king's asshole. The Groom of Stool actually did have a very important job. He would carry around a portable toilet. He would also inspect the shit of the king. And he would have, like, he, he was kind of like a secretary, but he would base everything on the king's bowel movement. Like what time of day the king you typically took shits. So like he would know not to schedule an important meeting at 6 p.m. If that was a time, typically the, the, the king would be like, oh, I got to take a shit real bad, you know? Now you'd think a job like this, as disgusting as it is, we're getting way off topic here, not talking about Beyonce, but you know, you'd think uh, the groom of stool, that job would be given to a peasant. Right, a, a worthless nobody. But because this particular job uh, involved a very sensitive area <laughs> of the king, it was awarded to the sons of noblemen, highfalutin folks. Yeah. Now, while uh, Beyonce does not have a groom or bride of stool, she does have some particular toilet rituals that we have found out about. Special thanks goes out to the large group of folks who are gang-stalking Beyonce, getting this information for me. Apparently, Beyonce has her own toilet seats flown out to each destination of her world tour. She, I guess she has a brand that she likes. She only feels comfortable sitting on a Niagara. The Sun, uh, I guess, ta is it a tabloid over there in the UK? They got exclusive photographs from backstage. The shots include a picture of a container, part of her huge luggage haul ferried around to every concert. It was labeled Beyonce toilet seats. So it's not leaving much to the imagination. And I guess it's not one toilet seat. It's multiple toilet seats. 
adults. Also, she never has to sit on a pre-used toilet seat. She doesn't like the idea of sitting on a toilet seat where someone else's ass sat. Stars. They're just like us. Beyonce is such an elite performer, she can literally request anything, a source spilled. Her team makes great effort to ensure that she has her own comforts, and a personal toilet seat happens to be one. Aside from her pristine toilet seats, the 41-year-old also asks for uh, titanium drinking straws and alkaline water that is to be served at exactly 21 degrees. She also requests that she have hand-carved ice balls readily available so that she can put them in her mouth and suck them to cool off her throat. Okay, first I was going to say she's just being a diva now with the hand-carved ice balls. But, you know, it makes sense. You want a ball that can fit nicely in your mouth. I don't want to brag, but I can fit two. But, yeah, she she wants to suck on a ball (laughs) uh, to cool off her throat to help uh, with her vocals before shows. It's all right. I'll allow that one. And I bet you the water has something to do with her vocals, too, right? She wants really cold water to help soothe her throat. The titanium drinking straws, you know, keep things cold, too, I'm sure. All right. I've I've heard of way crazier things in um, celebrity writers. You know, uh, according to some sources, Beyonce is not actually the only Grammy Award winner to request fresh toilet seats. Madonna reportedly also demands that she have a new one brought along to every concert venue. Other dressing room requests are rumored to include white and light pink lilies with stems cut to a six inch length and for all of the room's furniture to be removed and replaced with her own set uh, that she has personally shipped to each location. That just seems wasteful. Now that is diva behavior. Kind of like her husband, Jay-Z, on his 2009 tour rider, he required not one but seven dressing rooms. Well, he likes to play hide and go seek with his crew, so I, I get it. He also required high-quality peanut butter and jelly. Ooh, a PB&J connoisseur. You got my respect. All right, a second story we have for you. Ladies and gentle freaks, get in your cars because we're taking a trip to Texas. We're going to Texas. Specifically, Silsby, Texas, where a snake fell out of the sky and landed on a woman mowing her yard. That's not where the story ends, though. We're just getting started, baby. Yes, the bizarre incident didn't stop there. Peggy Jones was then attacked, not by the snake, but by a hawk, also from the sky. Jones was on her tractor, mowing at her home in Silsby near Beaumont on Tuesday afternoon. She describes how suddenly a snake fell on her, wrapping around her arm. I'm guessing that she was like mowing under a tree or something, because typically snakes don't just fall from the sky like that. The snake was squeezing so hard, and I was waving my arms in the air. That's not going to get the snake to release. And then this hawk comes swooping down clawing at my arm over and over, explained Peggy Jones. Well, maybe the hawk was just trying to help you. It saw you were in distress. If you would stop waving your arm around, the hawk could grab the snake and pull it away. You overreacted. You're the problem here, Peggy. So the hawk was swooping down, clawing at my arms over and over, and I just kept saying, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. But Jesus was nowhere to be found, and this woman's arm proves it. It is tore up from the floor up, scratched, bloody, bruised. Take a look at the chapter artwork. It's exhilarating. 
The hawk eventually ripped the snake off of her arm. Notice the woman is not thanking the hawk at all. Okay, the hawk eventually ripped the snake off of her arm and flew away with it. Jones thinks the hawk came down on her at least four times trying to get the snake. She says blood was everywhere. Her husband heard the commotion, but you know, not until too late. And uh, you know, eventually he came running. I have a sneaking suspicion that he was like looking out of the house through the blinds for a while. I was yelling and screaming. He didn't know what I was saying. I thought I was bit by a snake. Her husband took her to the emergency room where she was treated for cuts from the hawk and bruising from the snake squeezing her arm. There was no snake bite, but she was monitored for a bite just in case. Jones also discovered how close she really came to being bit by the snake. I discovered the lens on my glasses were broken and there were snake venom uh, on the glasses. Jones says people have told her she must be the unluckiest person alive to have a hawk and a, sna a snake both attack her at the same time. She says it's the opposite. I feel like the luckiest person alive to have survived this. Are you going to are you going to thank Jesus again? This is all Jesus is doing. This wasn't even her first encounter with a snake. Yeah, the lady, you're unlucky <laughs> if there's been multiple <laughs> snake drops on you. Joan survived being bitten by a venomous snake a few years back. Peggy's a tough broad, though. She's already been back on her tractor. Look, grass ain't going to mow itself. And also, apparently, her husband's not going to mow the grass. Jones had her husband walk beside her on the first ride back, though, just to keep an eye out overhead. But she thinks she'll be fine next time. Like, wear a helmet, at least. Helmet, long sleeve shirt, maybe a jacket. You're going to be okay. All right. Final story we have for you today. Looks like the Elon Musk Mark Zuckerberg fight is back on, baby. It's the pay-per-view event no one asked for. But I'm kind of glad it's happening, honestly. It's like one of those fights where you just you want both of the guys to lose just to really get the shit kicked out of them. Elon Musk says his potential in-person fight with Mark Zuckerberg would be streamed on his social media site X, also formerly known as Twitter. The two tech billionaires seemingly agreed to a cage match face-off in late June. Zuckerberg is actually trained in mixed martial arts. I saw a picture of him without his shirt on. He's pre he's pretty well fit, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I call him jacked, but he he sure as hell has like a like a normal looking body as opposed to whatever the hell is going on with Musk. I saw him shirtless and I'm still trying to process it. Although yeah, I think Musk has been working out as well. So, you know, he might look fine now, too. Either way. OK, I guess I'll jerk off to it. Quote, Zuck vs. Musk fight will be uh, live streamed on X, Musk wrote in a post this past Sunday on the platform. I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg agreed to that. Like, why would you agree to have the fight only broadcast on your competitor's service? Maybe uh, Zuckerberg is thinking, I don't want people to see this. People shouldn't be subjected to it. Another thought is that this is just entirely strategic. Mark is so convinced he's going to kick Elon's ass. He, he's like, nothing would be more degrading than to beat the shit out of the owner of X, formerly Twitter, on Twitter. So all of his fanboys can see it, like watch it happen in real time. Bonus, there's a good chance that the service will crap out, like the live streaming is going to suck further tarnishing, you know, Twitter's reputation. I don't know. On his thread social media account, Zuckerberg responded, shouldn't we use a more reliable platform that can actually raise money for charity? Ooh, sick burn. Musk said earlier Sunday that he was training for the fight by lifting weights. 
don't have time to work out, so I just bring them to work, Musk wrote. Oh, okay. Zuckerberg replied on threads, I'm ready today. <laughs> I suggested August 26th when he first challenged, but he hasn't confirmed. I'm not holding my breath. I love this sport and will continue competing with people who train no matter what happens here. Whether or not Musk and Zuckerberg actually make it to the ring in Las Vegas has yet to be seen. Although, you know, while there is a lot of doubt, you would think if Elon really didn't want to go through with this, he would keep quiet about it. But he keeps bringing it up. So I think he's down for this. Representatives of X, Meta, and Ultimate Fighting Championship, which owns the venue where the fight might take place, didn't immediately respond to emails seeking comment. Musk's push to stream the video live on X comes as he's aiming to turn the platform into a digital town square, as long as you're willing to fork over $8 a month to Elon. Otherwise, you're a second-class citizen. You can stand in the back of that public town square where no one can hear you. His much-publicized Twitter Spaces kickoff event in May, with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announcing his run for president, struggled with technical glitches and a near half-hour delay. Musk said the problems were due to straining servers because so many people were trying to listen to the audio-only event. Even at the highest, the number of listeners listed topped out at around 420,000. That's a number Elon probably likes, right? 420. Uh, it's far from the millions of viewers that televised presidential announcements attract. All right, we get it. You don't like Elon Musk. The very negative article towards him. Accurate, but still kind of negative. Uh, there you go. That, my friends, is your distorted news for Monday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. All right. You guys know I love to hear from you. And there's a lot of ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and in, in threads and blue sky. I mean, I'm just everywhere you can find me. Just track me down. 206-666-4463. That's a very important phone number. That's our voicemail line. Call in. I try to play all of the voicemails. I'm a little behind on the regular voicemails. That's why we've got that great Patreon line. You pledge $5 a month. I bump you up to the front of the line, and we've got a bunch of patrons checking in today. Providing quality calls like this. Yes, Haley's comment uh, a while ago, I guess we could say years ago at this point, bought me one of those bidets that uh, sit on top of your toilet seat. And uh, we have yet to set that up. And that's why listeners occasionally will call in urging me to do so. Hey, Timmy Blue. They're very concerned about the cleanliness of my butthole. And they have every right to be. Hey, Timmy Blue, it's Great Big Pete. I'm calling you from the beach where I am currently lying on my distorted view beach towel. Thanks, oh, buddy. You got it. That's awesome. I really appreciate it, eh? Uh, I'm going to go drink my Tim Hortons and tell those kids in the background to shut the fuck up. Bye. Well, I hope you like it. I hope it's high quality. I, I hope it uh, provides many years of enjoyment for you. Uh, yes, that's another perk. If you if you pledge $20 a month to our page, uh, Patreon account, <laughs> I always get tripped up in saying patrons or Patreon. Uh, if you are a higher tiered freak, occasionally I send out DV goodies like uh, like the beach towel. Hi, Tim. Hi, freaks. It's Unicorn Hamster calling in. I just wanted to call and tell you, did you know Optimus Prime is my husband, nigga? <laughs> I wasn't sure if she added the nigga in the back or not. I always just, you know, at the end of the show when I'm like, uh, 206 6 oh God, is it oh God? And then I play an audio clip. I just want her every day now. But it's very want interesting. That clip. Uh, 
black woman craving Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime talk. A lot of people fantasize about Optimus Prime. As a matter of fact, one of our very first Sextastic Tuesday stories back in the early 2000s or mid-2000s was a Transformers uh, sex story. Gay robot sex story involving Optimus Prime. Like, that's a metal, metal cock. Very good sound. I'd like to hear it more and more. Uh, That's his... uh, Played it today at the beginning, like during the... (laughs) During the intro. I don't know. One of these clips. Uh, It'll be in high rotation. You come across Heavy. and they stick with the distorted view history. Yeah. What I love about it is it's just, it was like out of the blue. Like We went through, I don't know, it was like a 15 minute uh, audio review of this woman being arrested for messing up a motel. At no point does she mention her love for Transformers or anything. It just at the very end, she's like, oh, by the way. Did you know I'm married to Optimus Prime? Hey, I was listening. Like, how? No, of course we don't know that. That's important information. If I was married to Optimus Prime, that would be the very first thing I say to people when I meet them. Anyone new? Hey, uh- Do you know who I'm married to? You're going to get... Take, get Check this fucking shit out. I'm married to Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime is my husband. Hey, I was listening to... Oh, dang, what's that one? Something about, like, crocheting a shit slaughter. Yeah. And this lady Mariah says that she's never raped anyone, but I don't know if you caught it. She actually says she's never raped anyone as an adult. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on. I got to remember that episode of DB. I most certainly remember the woman who was crocheting a shit scarf. That's where she does like a row, right? She knits a row based on the type of poop she's having, right? Like it's uh, you know a light green s- stripe if she has a solid... Nice bowel movement, a brown stripe if it was hard, uh, you know, a blue stripe if it if she had diarrhea, you know, that type of thing, right? Um, Mariah. I'm trying to remember who Mariah is, though. I don't think that's, th- that's the scarf lady. That's someone else. I can't remember the rape th- stuff. Anyone as an adult, which to me implies that she's raped plenty of people when she wasn't an adult. Yeah, I mean, if she qualified that, if she was like, I never raped anyone as an adult. Oh, that was like the homeless woman, the interview. I do remember that. Yeah, I caught that too, now that you mention it. Maybe she did. I, I thought that was strange. I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned it on the show, though. Well, that's probably... That's- yeah, there was like this man on the street interview uh, in like a, a highly homeless area, and it was all about uh, like child exploitation and trafficking and stuff and this woman apparently was accused of trafficking that's that's what it sounded like man we've had some good clips recently on the podcast a a plus content oh she's crazy oh she's crazy she's Uh, definitely crazy can't believe you even had to ask that all right uh that is all the time we have on this edition of the show why don't you guys email me? Show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you 206 666 4463. That's 206 666. Oh, God, is it? Oh, God. Fuck you. Fucking moron. Spread the distortion. STD. Tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to give us a five star rating, a thumbs up, or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts. Remember, tomorrow's episode is going to be sideshow exclusive. If you want to hear it, you got to sign up. Oh, it's a great time to do that right now superfreaksideshow.com otherwise we'll see you back on Wednesday until then have a great day bye everybody
Coca-Cola. 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 It's the real thing. My name is Tim Henson, the new face of genital herpes. This has been another excellent podcast from the Scribe Media Group. Learn more at scribe.net.